This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. A video showing how driverless cars could allow blind people to travel independently went viral four years ago. The film of Steve Mahan driving from his house to a fast food restaurant was a powerful example of just how transformative the technology could be for blind people. Four years on, and that technology is becoming more of a reality. The Google Driverless Car Project, which promotes the concept of completely autonomous vehicles where the driver is in fact the car, has received a boost in the past week when US regulators wrote to the tech giant to suggest that they may back the idea in future regulation. So could we, as blind and partially sighted people, be able to own our own vehicle and, in inverted commas, drive ourselves around independently in the future? We'll find out Brian Bashan's views shortly. He is the CEO of Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. But first, let's remind ourselves of Steve Mahan's first journey in the driverless car. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Nathaniel. How are you? Doing just great. Go ahead, Steve. Auto driving. Here we go. Away we go. Look, Ma, no. <laughs> no hands anywhere. No hands, no feet. No hands, no feet. No nothing. <laughs> I love it. So we're here at the stop sign. Yep. Cars using radars and laser to, to check and make sure there's nothing coming either way. I find myself looking. <laughs> Old habits die hard, man. Hey, hey, they don't die. Hey, anybody up for a taco? Yeah, yeah. What do you want? What do you want to do today, Steve? I'm I'm all for tacos all myself. All right. Well. Go get a taco at the drive-thru. And we're turning into the parking lot. How neat. 95% of my vision is, is gone. I'm well past legally blind. You lose your timing in life. Everything takes you much longer. There are some places that you cannot go. There are some things that you really cannot do. Where this would change my life is to give me the independence and the flexibility to go the places I both want to go and need to go when I need to do those things. A clip from Google's video of Steve Mahan there, a blind man who was trying out their driverless car with some of their engineers four years ago. Joining me now is Brian Bashan from Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. Thanks for joining me, Brian. Oh, it's a pleasure to join. I think we all remember that video with Steve. That really opened up the whole debate, didn't it? And it showed the possibility that one day we as blind people could get behind the wheel of one of these cars. When Steve was photographed doing that, he really spoke for the collective aspirations of all of us who are blind and can't drive, um, that freedom is an elemental freedom in life. And to be able to visit a fast food restaurant just on a whim, something, you know, blind people don't often have the chance to do something on whims. Or if you do it, you hire an expensive taxi and it's a really expensive uh, cost-benefit analysis you have to make whether it's worth to do it. And so... um, I, I've got to say, we've known about this long before Google filmed uh, Steve in a car. We've known about this research going back almost 10 years now. 
we just can't wait. We just want to be sure that when Google does do this and when the other car companies do it, because some are um, at the same level of performance as the Google car, that blind people are part of the system from start to finish. We can adjust the car, fuel the car, uh, do whatever is necessary to input a destination, to change course in the middle of a ride, to have second thoughts, to pick up other passengers, all this kind of thing. We need to be in control of that. And we cannot be overlooked in the design of this much as oh, set-top boxes and dishwashers and all those other consumer appliances have left us out. What's the reality of this, though? Will it ever actually happen? Well, it's getting there, but there's there's a hitch or two. Four states in the United States have, uh, this is all done state by state in this country, four states have um, permitted Google cars to drive with drivers on an experimental basis. California's draft regulations saying that uh, these driverless cars could now be operated on the street uh, under certain conditions. And the conditions include heartbreakingly, uh, the presence of a licensed driver to take over at the wheel if need be. Now, you know, the blind community and the community of people with disabilities and other people really, really um, are frustrated at this because uh, we don't want a situation where the 1% could read the paper or play with their devices while being driven to work and 99% of people are shut out from the system because of one qualification or another. And the development of driverless cars that must include a driver sort of works against everything that's our long-term aspirations. If, however, this helps lay a track record helps lay millions of miles of uh, safe driving, helps uh, settle questions of insurance and other people's fears about this, then it may be the first step. But the blind community particularly wants the state of California to acknowledge that we're doing this explicitly in the hopes that this will be a device that will be used by blind people from door to door. We don't want a driverless car that you have to drive onto the freeway and then you press a button. We want a driverless car that can work from your doorstep to your destination without sighted interference. We think that day is possible. When, though? Well, there are all kinds of tongue-in-cheek questions about that. I remember going to one uh, small group demonstration of the Google car, and people asked, like, when is this car going to be on the road this was in 2012, and the answer was, we think, seven years. That would make it about three years from now. That sounds about right, actually. It'll be on the road in some kind of limited form, but it will be on the road. I mean, you, you've probably seen in other areas that the computing power that was required before to do certain activities, land a rocket booster intact after a flight, is now becoming commonplace. Driving not at 17,000 miles an hour, but at 60 miles an hour is a comparatively less difficult technological problem. Have you been in one of the Google cars? I have. I absolutely have. And it is, um, you know, right now they're very high-end prototypes. They have plastic bubble with powerful radars on the top and 
lots of controls and um, lots of displays and things that indicate statuses of how they perform, but they perform. Now, without giving away any company secrets, <laughs> what was it like traveling alone in the car? I haven't uh, been alone in a Google car moving independently, but there are those of us in the blind community that have had the chance to ride with a Google engineer in such a car on the freeway at freeway speeds. And it is, uh, it is like setting foot in a future that we know will come. I, I'm trying to think of an, an analog of the rush of something. Is it the first time you, you work with a touch screen and something happened? Or the first time you Skyped with somebody around the world and it was just like they were in the same room with you? I don't know. It's, it's even more profound than that because it's elemental human e experience of moving through space with a kind of mm, assembled intelligence that comes from the collective work of hundreds of engineers. It's really, it's an amazing thing. It's a rush. It's bigger than the rush of lifting off in an airplane, for instance, that kind of thing. Wow, that's quite a suggestion. Uh, do you think then that this really could change the lives of blind and partially sighted people? I think, uh, you know, the word revolution is bandied about too much. But one revolution is this business that Google pioneered now getting close to 20 years ago, where you can just type a few words and get the world's knowledge at your fingertips. But the revolution of autonomous personal mobility through space, that will be just as profound a revolution. The thought that any human being, no matter where, could get where they want, how they want, when they want, and to be part of the, the large table of human experience, that will make big changes in who we are as a civilization and as a culture. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.